You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Alright, so let's kick off last week was the Believer's Love Life, part five. And today is going to be part six. A short recap. We actually ended last week on Apostle Paul's admonition when he had enumerated the wonderful gifts of the Holy Spirit. He ended the chapter 12 with the core. Okay, he ended with we having an understanding that there is a more excellent way, a more excellent way, a more excellent way. And the more excellent way is the way of love. Okay, so he actually speaks to the love nature. And that's why the chapter 13 starts with love. Okay, so the gifts of the Holy Spirit cannot be substituted with the nature of the Holy Spirit. So anybody who is actually operating the gifts of the Holy Spirit must actually reveal the nature of the Holy Spirit. And so that's why he will start by saying that if you can prophesy, if you can speak in tongues, he's talking about the gifts. Okay, so the gifts of the Holy Spirit must be expressed within the core nature of the Holy Spirit, which is love, okay? So that is the love nature. So if you actually exhibit the gifts of the Spirit without the core nature of the Spirit, he says, you are nothing. And whatever you are doing doesn't also profit anything. Actually, as a matter of fact, the word I am, I am nothing means I am nobody. So you are nobody because you have actually left the core, okay? And it's like a tree that has no root, okay? Number two, it won't profit anything. What it means is that you won't see fruit and it will come with no reward. It will come with no reward. So if you see a tree that has no root, definitely you will see the fruit on, but definitely you will see that they would in one way or the other, not bear fruit anymore. And the leaves will wither because it has no root. So the root of every behavior, the root of every lifestyle of the believer is to reveal the love culture, the love nature, okay? And it is revealed in the mindset and then also in the action, so this is very, very important for us to note. He said, love suffers long and, and is kind and, and, and does not envy. Love does not parade itself and is not puffed up. What it means by not puffed up, it means to puff oneself out like a pair of bellows. Okay, so you, 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 it's not necessarily being arrogant, but, but at, at, at a point you, you feel that you are so much that you are not, okay? It says love does not also um, behave rudely and love does not seek its own. What it means is that you don't seek your own interest and you are very careful with how you answer people, how you deal with people. You are not rude. And love is not provoked. You don't, you don't get sharply irritated and so soon in your spirit against people. Okay, and some of these things, we normally say that it is the Holy Ghost. You saw somebody and you felt something and all of a sudden you don't know them, but you hate them and you think it's the Holy Ghost. It is not the Holy Ghost, no. You can be cautioned about people. It doesn't lead to hate because there's no hate in the Holy Ghost. There's no hate in love. Okay, so you must understand the check 
okay? You can be cautioned as to something that you're going to do with somebody, okay? And you feel like, no, I, I don't have to do with them because of something that may happen that may not go well, okay? That is against the will of God or against what God wants you to do. But it doesn't lead to hate because there is no hate in love. The Holy Ghost does not have hate. God does not have a hate in him. How can there be love and hate at the same time? He says that love does not think evil. And we say that he does not record evil. So anybody that loves does not record evil. Does not record evil evil what it means is that love doesn't have um, take take account as of in a, a ledger or a notebook <laughs> no it doesn't do that okay love views every account as settled love views every account as settled so love reconciles the account so no matter what you think is the debit or the credit, love balances the sheet. And that's what love does. And that's why Hebrews chapter 10 verse 17 tells us with regards to what Jesus did for us. And he says, then he asked their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. Okay. It also says that love bears all things. Love bears all things. Okay, so what it means is that love is able to contain things that may go against it. So there are people who go against you. There are words that people speak against you. Love is able to contain. Love is able to bear them and not lose it. Okay, so they don't say, because they don't keep track, they don't say it happened two, three, four times. Now, no, they contain, they bear it. Love can go through stuff that others will not be able to go through. Love bears all things. Okay, love believes all things. In other words, love believes the best in people. That the best can come out of the worst situation. The best can come out of the worst person. So whoever the world rejects and says, this person is a no-go area, love embraces him. How do we know that? Because when we were yet sinners, God commended his love towards us and showed us love and died for us and paid for our sins. That is what love does. We ended by saying that Apostle Paul actually spoke to the fact that he was the worst, but this love embraced him. And the gift of love was given him by faith. And he received this love. And he who was the chief of all sinners today has become the apostle who wrote two-thirds of the scriptures, of the, of, of, of the, of the epistles. What a, 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 a joyful news. What a good news. What an amazing grace this is because love believes the best in people. Okay, so now... Let's, we're going to start almost like all over again where we started from. And we started from Philippians chapter 1 verse 9 to 10. Philippians chapter 1 verse 9 to 10. That's where we started from. And we're going to go back because there are things that we need to dig out of those scriptural verses. And then we proceed from there. Can we share a word of prayer as we begin the Believer's Love Life Part 6 for today. Father, I thank you once again for bringing us together again as we share your word, seeing ourselves in the light of you. May you shed the light of the gospel continually in our hearts as we are enlightened in the revelation and wisdom and in the knowledge of you, Jesus Christ. That we will know the hope of our calling in the great and the immeasurable power that is at work in us. We pray in the name of Jesus that there shall be clarity of thought, clarity of understanding, and I shall have clarity of expression. There shall be no contradictions, there shall be no errors 
We pray in the name of Jesus that the word shall be divided precisely and accurately to bring glory to your name and we shall be built up in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Philippians 1, 9 to 10. And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. So what do you um, notice about this prayer? And what do you think the prayer doesn't say? Because for most of the prayers we pray, we ask the Lord to give us something. Okay, But if you look carefully to this prayer... Apostle Paul did not ask that the Lord give the Philippian church love. But he actually made them understand in the prayer that they own. They have ownership of this love. So he says, and this I pray that your love. So he didn't pray that God Give them your love or grant them the ability to love. No, because you already have love because you have the Holy Spirit. Remember Romans chapter 5 verse 5. The love of God is poured in your heart the day you got born again, which is the Holy Spirit. And that's why you bear the fruit of love. Galatians 5.22. Okay, so we already have the love of God inside us. And that's why he says, I pray that your love may abound more and more. Okay? So you see, he prayed rather that they receive insight into the love of God that they already have. And have been given the ability to love. Okay? So it's very clear that there are things we actually pray for and ask God to give that we already have. The believer already has. Because the moment you have the fullness of God in you, you have the full package of what God gives. So you either pray for insight into it or you release it out. And that's why he used the personal pronoun, your which is the word he high man, he high man, he high man, your. And so he was actually telling the Philippian church that all of you I'm referring to have love. So all that he was speaking to have the love of God, have the agape love residing inside of them. They are the seed of God. They are the techna of God. And therefore, they have the love of God. They are God's prized possession. Therefore, they have the love of God. And therefore, they can imitate God. And walk in the love that Christ revealed to us as God's pattern of behavior. Number two, each one should then take the personal decision in the matter. Okay, to increase their knowledge, the accurate, precise knowledge of this love that is residing in them to make the right judgment, have the right mindset so that they can approve that which is excellent and be sincere without offense till the day of Christ. So each one of us must therefore share this love. Grow in the understanding of this love and the responsibility to demonstrate this love. That's why he used the word more and more, malon, malon. So there should be a consistent increase in this understanding, in this knowledge, so that we would have the right mindset. Okay, so you must be checking every moment, every time that your love is growing. Is my love growing? The love 
is my understanding of this love being revealed and expressed. How do you know that? You become much more humble. When you grow in the understanding, in the knowledge of this love, you're humble. Love does not puff. Love is not rude. You also keep learning because you want to grow in the insight of it. So you keep learning. The day you stop learning, you're going to have problems with showcasing and revealing this love. That's why Apostle Paul spoke with regards to the judgment. The knowledge that must lead to judgment. The right mindset is thesis. Value judgment. Because what you value in the midst of the variables is what you are going to approve. So for every different choice or options, there is one particular choice you'd have to make which is that you value. Which is that you approve. So for every decision, there are so many choices and so many options you can make or take. But because of your knowledge of the love of God in you and the right judgment or mindset you have, it gives you what is the particular choice you value that is excellent that you make. So you have to approve the excellent option among all the other options. So in my love life and in your love life, we discern among situations which we must choose. That's why in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, will tell you, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may approve or you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So you and I are being admonished that because of understanding we have in this love, we should not be conformed. The word conformed is the word syschemathesis. Syschemathesis. S-Y-S-C-H-E-M-A-T-I-Z-E-S-T-H-E. Systematizes. It means to fashion in accordance with or conform to a pattern or mold. So the world has a pattern of understanding, a pattern of judgment. But we should not conform to that pattern. That the world has. The word there is the word Ioni. The world is the word Ioni. It means age. So be not conformed. Be not, do not be fashioned in accordance with the pattern, the mold of this age, of this space of time. And that's why when you are practicing the love life, the world thinks you're a fool. The world thinks you're not smart. 
The world thinks you are dull. Your old mindset makes you feel that you are losing something. And you are rather not doing something right. But the moment that pops up, know that it is the old trying to feature in the new. And give it an instruction. We'll come to that. That's why he says, renewing, renewing. The word renewing is the word anakainose. Anakainose. A renewal, renovation, complete change for the better. So, renovate your mind. Renovate. Do a renovation of your understanding and of your judgment. So, take some knowledge out and let the word of God come in. That's why it says, renewing continuous. It's a continual thing. You don't stop. Your mind, the word mind is the word noose. Understanding. Renew your understanding. Renew your reasoning. Renew your thinking pattern. So we subject our judgment to the word of God in Christ. Not to what the world says. Not to what the professor says. Not to what the experts say. Not to what my mother say. Not to what my father says. Not, to, not, not what my friends say. No. We subject our judgment to the word of God so that we can approve things that are excellent, things that are like God, things that are in the will of God. So you see, no matter how nice, no matter how caring, how loving someone is, if Jesus is not their reason, they don't understand love. Sometimes we are so deceived and we become very gullible. No matter how nice the person is, because God's love is revealed. In the death of his son Jesus. So Jesus is love. And until a person has Jesus. They don't understand love. And that's why you see most of these people. Who call themselves philanthropists. And, and humanitarians. And, and, and they can shower gifts on people. Give a half of their, of their, of their um, fortunes to people. And, and, and we hail them and say oh they're doing. These are the ones who are rather doing the job. Look at Christians. And, and we hail them. These same people will give so much to the world. And at the same time they will say a man can marry a man. Or a woman can marry a woman. Because they don't understand love. As a matter of fact, the unbeliever doesn't have love. So what we even call their love is, is no love. Because there's nothing like artificial love. Love is love. And love is Christ. That's why Apostle Paul speaks to us in 1 Corinthians 13 and says that if you can give your body to even be burned. And he was talking about martyrdom. But you don't have love. It's nothing. It's a waste. You are nobody. It doesn't profit anything. It doesn't count. I am nothing actually means it's absolutely zero. 
Zero. Remember, we read Ephesians 4.17 and it talks about do not walk like the Gentiles in the futility of their mind, in the fruitlessness, in the wastefulness of their mind. Why? Because their minds are filled with the pattern of the world fashioned according to the mode of this age. The mold of this age. So the question the believer must be asking themselves is, who am I? And that's what Galatians 3.27 speaks to us about. That as many as were baptized in Christ have put on Christ, have been enveloped by Christ. And there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So Christ Jesus has become your identity and my identity. The word neither there is the word oketi. Oketi. Which means excluded or no longer. So if you look at other translations or other versions, they use you are no longer slaves nor free. Okay? So you are excluded. Exclude that in your reasoning that you are a male or female. You see, when it comes to the things of the spirit, there is nothing like your position. You don't take decisions because of your position. You take position, uh, you take decisions based on who you are, your identity, and then it rubs on that position. So, you don't say, oh, uh, because I am a man, that's why. Or because I'm a woman, that's why. No. No. Your spiritual nature is that we takes precedence in everything you do. That's why you can say I'm a choleric. No. It doesn't have placement anymore. He said, oh, um, um, I am, I, what, what do you call it? Uh, what, I what? Uh, the, 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 um, um, I, sickle, I have this sickle cell, you know. It, it has no place anymore. And as I speak, receive your healing right now, as you believe. In the name of Jesus. Because that is not your nature. That is not your nature. You are of God. So whether you're a slave, whether you're free, whether you're Jew, whether you're Gentile, whether you're Ghanaian, you don't, your citizenship is of the family of God. That's your lineage. Ephesians 2.19 speaks to that. Now therefore you are no longer strangers. And foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. Praise God. You belong to the family of God. So you give expression to the new things in Christ. As Christ is, so are we in this world. We are filled with love. That is our nature. And we give expression to love wherever we go, wherever we represent it, wherever we stand. That is our position. And that's why if people teach and they teach the law, it's just a mess. Because anytime the law is taught, conditions are given. And as you look into the mirror of love, Right now, 
which is looking into your natural face as you have been created according to God in true holiness and righteousness and as you put on the new mindset because of the new nature you have, you can see that this God is so kind and he doesn't give you conditions. He has even asked you not to give other people conditions to love them. So how does he tell you that if you don't do this, I won't hear your prayer. If, if you don't give, you will not be blessed. Or if you don't love, God will not love you. If you don't do this, or if you do that particular thing, God can never give you. God will never forgive you. How do you explain that? And some of you believers. Say, I'm I'm doing everything so that I will be able to finish. I I get to the finish line. It's my greatest desire that after I've done everything, I will not miss heaven. It's a nice prayer. It looks very nice and it looks humbling. (laughs) But you are not praying according to the will of God because you already made heaven. By the gift of salvation, the gift of love that is inside your spirit. As you leave, may his presence go with you. Really? As a matter of fact, you came to church with his presence because his presence lives inside of you. So every day, Practice every moment, practice his presence inside of you. He said, You have been sealed with the Holy Ghost, which is your guarantee unto the day of redemption. Do you know what Peter said? When Peter was about healing. The young, uh, the, the, the guy at the beautiful gate. What did Peter say? In Acts chapter 3, such as I have, give I thee. What I have is what I give you. You cannot give what you don't have. You cannot give what you don't have. So we have been giving love. And that's why we can give love. It's because he's full of love. That is why he is able to give us love. Galatians 5, 18 to 24. Galatians 5, 18 to 24. But if you are led By the spirit, you are not under the law. If you are led by the spirit, who is the spirit? He is the spirit of love, the Holy Spirit. What is the summary of the law? Love your neighbor as yourself. So if you are led by love, you are not under the law. Let me continue. Now the works of the flesh are evident. I told you that the unbeliever doesn't have love because these are evident in his nature. So Apostle Paul is actually giving us the striking difference between the believer and the unbeliever In the Galatian account, all he's trying to let you and I know is that you and I are ruled by love or love reigns in us. And therefore, we are not under the law. The unbeliever is ruled by the nature of sin. And because of that, this is what is evident. 
in their nature and it's revealed in their works. Now the works of the flesh are evident. They are manifest. So this is what they manifest. I adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of, of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, reveries, and, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things, will not inherit the kingdom of God. He's not talking about you. He's talking about unbelievers. This is their walk. This is their culture. Because that is their nature. That's why in 22, he uses what? So he changes those who are the, 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 the those who are to, to more like be seen in this narrative. You and I, in the 22, but the fruit of the spirit is love. Joy, peace, long-suffering kindness, we've studied that already, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. So the fruit we bear is love. Why? When we allow the spirit of love to lead us, we allow the spirit of love, our nature to reign in us because we have insight into this nature and we have the right man's mindset. Love is the fruit we bear and in love there's joy. In love, there's peace. In love, there's long-suffering. In love, there's kindness. In love, there's goodness. There's faithfulness, gentleness. And there is self-control. And he says, those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passion and desires. If we live in the spirit, if we are born of the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Okay, so it has been killed. The flesh has been crucified 2,000 years ago. It's been killed. The nature is being killed. There's a rebirth of a new nature. So we don't walk according to that nature. It doesn't have rulership. We have a new nature, but we have a set mind of the old nature. So we fill our minds with the new nature. We renew our minds. We renovate our minds. So we can walk in our new nature. That's why he says the flesh is crucified with its Passions and desires. We have new desires by our new nature. We have the right desires. That's why we have the spirit of righteousness. So our desires tilt towards righteousness. When, when you sin, you don't feel cool. When you sin, you don't feel okay. Now, these were things that you were doing and you were enjoying them. But now, if you do them, you feel you feel terrible. Because that's not your nature. That's not my nature. So he says, if we are born of God, that's if we live in the spirit, if we know who we are, then let's live the lifestyle of the spirit, which is love. Praise God. Now, most of us misconstrue the works of the flesh to be the works of the body. And that's where we get it wrong. Now, your body is only an end point of what you think. So your body 
acts what you think. So if you think godly, your body is going to act godly. If you think ungodly, your body will act ungodly. So when we talk about the works of the flesh, it is not the works that the body does. No. It is what we think that makes the body do that. So if you change what you are thinking, your body will act love. Your body will express love. Now, if I put some money down, And there's a young Christian coming the way of that money. And then he's, he thinks about taking the money which is not his, which is stealing. He's thinking wrongly. And he was going to act wrongly by taking the money. If he thinks right that this does not belong to me, I live the life of love and that's my nature his body, his fingers will not pick the money. Why? His fingers are acting godly because he thought the God way. Praise God. So our body only reacts to what we think. If you think like God, your body will act like God. And if you think like the devil, your body will act like the devil. Okay, and look at what James tells us regarding that. James 1, 19. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. And this is one verse that has been misconstrued. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. What it means is that when a man thinks offense, when a man thinks anger, what they will reveal, the action they will express will not produce the righteousness of God. What they will speak will not produce the righteousness of God. The fruit of righteousness will not be seen. Love will not be seen in their action. So as much as you hear, make sure you are slow to speak. Why? Because let your mindset Make the judgment that is necessary to the righteousness of God, which is who you are. Because the moment you are angry, you will not speak right and you will not act right. Praise God. So, when I say it is not of God, then I also say it is not of me. So anytime you think something is not of God, you are also saying that it's not something that I can also do. And anytime you say this is of God, then you are endorsing your own actions, your own thoughts, and your character that you have to live as a believer. So, we are his nature in this world. We give expression of him, in other words, his nature of love in this world. First John 4, 17. Love has been perfected among us in this. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. 
So we have been perfected by the love of Christ. And we have his nature. So we are actually sure to face the day of judgment. We are not terrified. As a matter of fact, when we say the Lord is coming, it is to our comfort. Because we are facing the Lord, not in our righteousness, but in the love that has been shown us and revealed in us. But the responsibility is key. As he showed that love in this world, and he lived, went about doing good everywhere he went, healing the sick, delivering the oppressed, and God was with him. So are we in this world. So are we in this world. So in this world we go about expressing God and his nature of love to all mankind. It doesn't matter what they did. It doesn't matter the level of their sin. It doesn't matter how rejected they are. It doesn't matter which corner of the world they belong to and how they've been classified by the world. It is our responsibility to express this love of God that is so divine and so sublime to these ones, no matter their predicament. That's why it is of utmost importance, utmost importance, sorry, what I expose my mind to. The reason why we're not able to do this continuously and effectively is because of what we gave our minds to. And that's why I will speak clearly to some of these things. That if you continue to go to church and you are fed with covetousness and it's always materialism, Tell me how you can live the love life. You always be filled with competition. Who has the next car? And they are the ones that are paraded and brought forward to testify. That is what fills you. You've given your mind to. The messages you listen to. If you go to Facebook. Because this person has built a house. Neflon, they say he is blessed because he has built the house. Come on. It's amazing how we have been taught to think that the blessing of God is material. Go and check the word blessing and see whether it has anything to do with material stuff. Right from the first time the word was used. From the Hebrew into the Greek. From the Old Testament to the New. Check what you feed your mind with. If you feed your mind with what is alien to your nature. You begin to live not according to your nature, but according to that. And very soon, you feel frustrated because there's a conflict between who you are and what you do. Feed your mind with the truth of God's word. If you look at Matthew 5, 44 to 48, we have also looked at the scripture where Jesus tells us that the world tells you to love your friend and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. And he divides the enemies we have into three. Bless those who curse you. So the first are those who curse you. He says, bless them. Do good to those who hate you. So those who hate you are the number two. And he says, do good to them. 
pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. So those who spitefully use you and persecute you are the third. And he says, pray for them. So bless, which is the word to speak well, to to endorse. So we are actually admonished to endorse those who curse us. We must speak well and commend those who curse us. Kadole grace. And do good to those who hate you. And pray what you will pray for yourself. The best you want for yourself. The best you want God to do in your life. For those who spitefully use you and persecute you. The word enemy there is the word ectros. Someone who is directly hostile to you. As a matter of fact, somebody who wishes you dead. And when they see your dead body, they will love it. It's more like it will will bring them glory. He says, bless them. Speak well of them. Do good to them. Pray for them. The word bless is the word elogio. To speak well. To eulogize somebody. To speak well of them. That's the word bless. In other words, it's used as the word fortunate, happy. These are the two main words for blessing. We'll speak to that one of these days. Romans Chapter 12, verse 14 to 21. By this, men shall know that you are the sons and daughters of your heavenly father. When we live the love life, that is what our brand is. And that's when everybody knows we are of God. The God who is love. I pray that nothing of this world will deceive you to live the life of hate, the life of abuse, and any other apart from this beautiful life that you and I have freely been giving. You have his nature. It's born in you. I pray that you don't give your mind to things that would distract you From your very core and the core of your being, your very nature, the nature of agape love. You are blessed and you are favored of God on every side. In the name of Jesus. Grace, glorious grace. At the cross, you called it finished. Thank you for listening to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor, Carry Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Carry Center International, living heaven on earth. <laughs>